This week we've got great offers at your local SuperValue, like SuperValue Fresh Irish Park Bone Chicken Breasts, 610 gram, half price. SuperValue Fresh Irish Trip Loin Steak, save 33%. And great half price laundry offers like Personal Liquid 24 Wash, 5 euro 16. SuperValue, believe in low prices. To help us all keep safe, please continue to adhere to our safety guidelines in store. Welcome to Pod's Own Country, the Yorkshire Post political podcast. I'm Jerry Scott, Yorkshire Post Westminster correspondent, and it's been another busy week in politics. Um, and my guest this week is Lee Rowley. And look, Lee is the uh, Conservative MP for North East Derbyshire, and he's really interesting because it's really a part of the blue red wall, whatever you want to call it, that we so often speak about. But he wasn't elected in 2019, like a lot of the MPs we often speak to about this topic. But in 2017, so he's been around a bit longer, and he told me that really this idea of levelling up has been around for a lot longer than just the last couple of years. So let's hear what he has to say. Okay, so our guest this week is uh, Lee Rowley, who is um, MP for North East Derbyshire. And Lee, it's really, really great to have you on. How, how are you doing? How have things been? Hi there, good, yeah, thank you for having me, really grateful for you inviting me, I'm looking forward to the conversation, all good, obviously just had the the budget not too long ago, yes. and so kind of worked through all of that, and then um, the implications for our constituencies and things like that. Yeah, look, there's loads of stuff that I really want to get in and talk to you about today, because I think the position that you're in and kind of, you know, what that means for the government and the Conservative Party in general is really, really interesting, but I suppose to kick off, you mentioned the budget there. We're we're a week out as this, um, a week and a half out actually, as this episode goes out. What were your kind of thoughts when when Rishi stood up in the Commons last week and delivered that? What did what were your initial impressions? Yeah, I think it's a difficult budget to do because it was a combination of trying to make sure that we still get through these difficult times. And although we're all looking ahead and desperately wanting to get there, you know, to the summer of sitting in the parks and enjoying life and things like that, there was a long way to get to there. So there's a, he had a lot of, Rishi had a lot of work to do to make sure that people were supported through that, hopefully return back to normality. I think he did that. You know, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that has come forward and was been now being extended furlough size you know, universal credit uplift those kind of things which i i welcome so i think you know on the first point he you know he did what he needed to do to to get us hopefully through this next and hopefully final stage of the pandemic secondly i, I was pleased that he leveled with the country and was clear that you know you you can't spend for the best part of 400 billion without there being impact we wouldn't have spent that 400 billion if it hadn't been coronavirus it was the right thing to do but it does mean that we now have to have a conversation as a country about how we make sure we get our finances back into balance so that if something else comes along, and we've had two of these challenges in the last uh, decade and a half, and I hope nothing does, but if something else comes along, we have the firepower to attack it and to deal with it at, at, at that time. And then, you know, the, the whole agenda around the North and the Midlands and as a MP in Derbyshire, I was just glad to see that we were getting some focus and that we were getting some support to be able to continue the work we've done over the last couple of decades to get back on our feet. Yeah, absolutely. I think it really felt like, and you know, clearly for the Yorkshire Post, the North is our focus, but you're right for the Midlands as well. It really felt like a bit of a budget for 
the north and the midlands to me as i sat there kind of listening very different from um last year by the way where i remember sitting in the commons and kind of being you know a uh, stone's throw away from the chancellor himself but this year at home from my uh, from my london flat so um but it really felt to me like you know everything he said you were like yep leveling up tick 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 and i think does that feel to you like a change to what a budget might have been you know maybe a decade ago yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of difficult to compare because obviously there were different uh, issues and, and different and different problems at the time. But on your broader point, it, it absolutely does. I mean, I'm I'm from North Derbyshire. My parents are from Derbyshire or Sheffield, you know, and so I'm part of that area. That, you know, from from probably you know my area in North Nottinghamshire northwards, where we sort of culturally consider ourselves the North, and for many years rightly or wrongly and you know we can debate that but rightly or wrongly I think we felt that there hasn't necessarily been the focus that there should be there should have been and I think that it's in politics isn't all about sending signals but I think it was important that the Prime Minister rightly promised to to level up the country back in 2019 he got a clear mandate from the north to do that with seats that we'd never won before and places like mine which we only won relatively recently and it's important that we deliver on that. And I think the budget demonstrated our commitment to do that. And there were there was a there were indications all the way from you know the borders to to my part of the world with without leaving out the rest of the country as well because it's important that we don't you know the pendulum doesn't swing one one direction too far as well. So I think it is what the budget yesterday was helpful was both in terms of saying to the north you know you're listening to and we're doing things. But also recognising that it's not just about the government doing that. You know, the North is not seeking just to receive sweeties every five minutes from, from, from you know, some man sat in Whitehall. It is about making sure we can work with the centre, with London, to make sure that we do our own thing because it works best in, in, in the North. And what works best in North Derbyshire is going to be very different from what works best in Berwick or wherever. But, but we work with the, the centre to make sure that we are able to progress, grow, improve, regenerate and do all the things that we've all wanted to do for so many years. Yeah, I think you're completely right. And I'm so interested in one of the points you made there, you know, that this was spoken a lot about at the 2019 election, that really this kind of levelling up agenda formed the 2019 election. But of course, you weren't elected in 2019. You were the the election before, weren't you? And, you know, that it was clearly an issue then as well, because am I right in thinking you're the first Conservative MP for your seat since 1935 is that right yeah it's been a long time <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but but what but what I mean is like that so this wasn't just an issue in 2019 was it does it is it a feel feeling for you this has been really something that's been on people's agenda long before people like me started writing about it I think there's there's obviously been a long-standing discussion in places like mine in, in North Derbyshire, which is about how we ensure that we um, benefit in the way that other parts of the country have. And putting aside the ideology and putting aside the, the inevitable discussion, and, you know, my... my my parents were involved in it. My aunt used to work for the National Union of Mine Workers. But, you know, back in the 80s, we, we you know, we had a, uh, there was a clear change in what we had to do in the North and the Midlands. And that was very difficult. And I saw that growing up in, in, in Chesterfield. Um, and the, the important thing now is how we move forward with that. And so, yeah, I, I, I was privileged to be elected in North East Derbyshire in 2017, first Conservative MP since the national government of 31 to 35. So not many people in my patch who remembered blue rosettes at the time. 
Um, but I think it was just a longer term change of of my part of the world and others, as we've seen two years after that, in terms of what they want to achieve, how they want to do it, and the, the people they want to help do it. And, you know, nobody's perfect, nothing's perfect. The Labour Party have their faults, the Conservative Party have their faults. But when I was growing up in Derbyshire, you know, the, the things which the Conservative Party stood for, ambition, aspiration, a hand up, not a hand out, making sure that we have strong communities and strong bonds within them, but also centering that very much on making sure that people have the right to make decisions about their lives. That's the thing that appealed to me. It got me interested in politics. I don't think I'm very different from the other, you know, thousand people who were at St Mary's High School in Chesterfield in the 90s. I just happened to go into politics. And I think there was just this period over 20 years where we reassessed whether our representatives were the people who we thought were actually speaking with our voice. And that meant that there were changes firstly in a few places in 2017 and then in a lot of places in 2019. I think that's fascinating because I think you're completely right that kind of sand shifted and people had almost a collective reset isn't quite the word but almost like a waking up to be like oh is this actually what we're doing like we've been doing this for a long time should we give something else a go so I think you're completely right um and you obviously kept your seat in 2019. I imagine a lot of your newer colleagues in the uh, the 109ers, they call themselves, don't they? Um, you know, maybe looking to you for tips on how for 2024 they can uh, make sure this wasn't just a, you know, flash in the pan, one time thing. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had lots of conversations with my new colleagues and I, you know, they're, they're brilliant. There's, there's some, they're, they're a fantastic group of guys and, and, and they are really, really oh. trying to make sure that they, that they do the right thing for their constituencies. And, and a lot of them, you know, not trying to make a particularly political point, but the reality was, for good or otherwise, there had been a stasis within local politics in, in many places. And shaking that up, bringing new people in, is, 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 is an opportunity for change and improvement. And, you know, so, so we've had lots of those conversations. I mean, th- there, is no, uh, there, is, there is no magic potion. This is about making sure you go and represent your area it's about making sure that you stand up and you say what people think. You know, we're not delegates. You know, we, we don't, we, we, you know, we're not, we're not people who have to, we have our own views. But ultimately, it's about trying to make sure that um, the Midlands and the North are represented in terms of what the average man would say on an average night in a pub. And they would be broadly happy with what um, with what they say or what the average person says in the workplace or, or, or whatever. And it's about making sure that that is representative because it's, 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 it's so important that there is both representation, but also that there is a clear, clear outcome to the questions and the issues and the points that are raised. But also process is important. I found a lot in between 2017 and now that we just followed out of the habit of having meetings politically, of talking about things. People, you know, we have these nominal consultations where the same 20 people respond, but everybody else goes about their daily business because they're busy trying to make sure their kids get to school or, you know, they've got food on the table. And that's quite right. But it's the job of people like us to go out there and actively talk to people about it. And I think that's, I hope that started in North East Derbyshire. And I think it's a way to re-engage people over time of whatever party they support and whatever thoughts and ideology they have. We um we spoke a bit about you know being the first uh, Conservative MP since 1935, and I think <laughs> obviously that's a long time ago now. We're getting on for you know hundred years, but um, 
I think there's something very interesting in the way that MPs constituencies now are far more important, actually, to the votes that you gain compared to what it would have been not just back in 1935, but even in kind of the 60s, 70s, maybe even kind of the 80s. Do you feel like, I don't know, I guess one, you're doing much more constituency work, I imagine, than someone 50 years ago in your seat might have been. But is that more important to the government now? It feels to me like the government is very much interested in what people in constituencies are saying rather than just people in Westminster and Whitehall. I think so. I mean, there was I read once in a, in a book when I just got elected that there was an MP, I think in Halifax or Wakefield, and she didn't live in, 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 in the constituency. And she used to do her annual progression to her constituency, where she would go to either Halifax or Wakefield Station, would take a room in the in the hotel next door and then invite people to come for like a day before going back down to Westminster. So I'm glad those days are over. <laughs> um, there's, yeah. there's, there's, it's like job done, box tick. I've been in the constituency for a day a year, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of conservative majors who may not even have done that in the South and Southwest of England in the same period, you know, so it's not a, a particularly um, political point. Um, but I, you know, I've been involved in politics on and off for 20 years, um, including having been a councillor elsewhere in the country. And the thing which drew me into politics was the community. You know, I, I became interested in politics because of what I saw happen in the 80s and 90s in, in Chesterfield and North Derbyshire. And so, you know, because I have the privilege of representing my home area, it has always been a centre, the centrepiece of what I want to do politically. It, you know, we're... It, it, of course, I have in massive interest in policy and economics and um, social policy and how the size of government's supposed to be and what we do and how we plan for the long term and you know how we make you know democracy has a challenge about long term planning for short term expediency and all that kind of stuff and and I, and I try to pay, take a full part in all of those but ultimately I still come home on a Thursday I go back to Northeast Derbyshire I spend three days talking to people and it's so important to do that because. They're the guys who hired you and they're the guys who can fire you. And I want to know what they think so I can hopefully do better stuff down in Westminster the next week. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And one of the questions that actually I ask quite a lot of our... This weekend at Augusta, it's the Masters. And with 50% off a now sports membership, you can catch every, every, every and every... Watch all four days of the Masters live with 50% off a Now Sports membership for three months, bringing you all 11 Sky Sports channels. Join in at nowtv.com. 18 plus, streamed via internet. Offer ends 2nd of May. Standard pricing after three months. 2019 intake in Yorkshire specifically as well. Is Do you feel like the government is listening to that? Do you feel like when you, I don't know, you know, catch... Boris in the voting lobbies or whoever, whatever minister that you managed to call it, do you feel like they're really hearing it when you pass on those constituent concerns? I mean, I, I've had from all governments, both before Boris and and, with, and, and, and and since the Prime Minister took over, I've always had a hearing. I've always had member, uh, ministers who are willing to talk to me about issues. And that can be anything from an individual issue about a specific thing that a specific constituent in North Wingfield or Grassmore has, all the way up to something which is massive. And, you know, I'm just one of many constituencies. So so that the 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 um, the the willingness to engage is certainly there and always has been. Um, the thing which I think we as North and Midlands MPs need to do 
is we need to not be shy at doing that. And I don't think we are, you know, and I don't mean just the Conservatives. I think, you know, we, we have a great suite of MPs across the Northern Midlands in, who are standing up for, for them. The thing that we that I have always said, and, and, I, and it probably comes from my experience growing up in North Derbyshire, is I'm never going to be an MP of grievance because I think the North and the Midlands can do better than that. Mm. And there is this tendency amongst us, and it's not just in the political sphere, it's in the media sphere, it's in the cultural sphere at times. It's in, you know, we're, we're not something to just point at the North and the Midlands. We are a, we're, we're the embodiment of growth, ambition, aspiration, and we should be willing to say that. And so I, I, my, when I go down there, I don't go down there on the basis that, oh, the North's had it terrible. And, you know, I take my flat cap off and put my whippet in a locker and say, look how terrible it is. You know, and the greyness disappears halfway down the M1 or whatever into this this land that we all seek. It's not the case. You know, as it, I, I go down there because my area is a fantastic place to live and to work. It's got so much opportunity and I go down there to fight it. And I think increasingly... The political discourse in the North is more pointed to that. And we've got to keep it going in that direction because this automatic, you know, flick back to, oh, it's all terrible, wasn't it? Isn't it rubbish? You know, this this thing here just demonstrates that nobody cares. It doesn't help. It doesn't, it's not right, as far as I can tell. And it doesn't help in the long term. You know, we've got to go down there and just keep pushing for things. You know, that's that's the job of MPs. And I, I think we should be willing to do it, not just to throw our hands up in despair of some problem that isn't actually there. Yeah, and I think that's a really kind of um, constructive way to do it but to, as a kind of starting point. I I wonder how that ties into what levelling up kind of means for you because we, we, we all struggle a bit, don't we, to kind of define this phrase. And, you know, you spoke about opportunity there and, you know, innovation. Is that, is that what levelling up is to you? Or can you explain a bit what it, what it really means in, in your mind? So if I take, I'm sorry to talk about my constituency again, but it's a good example. No, no, that's what we want. <laughs> if I take my constituency, North East Derbyshire, four big town, four, five, four and a half big towns of you know ten to fifteen thousand people, and a lot of countryside. Um, historically, mining, um, and on the outskirts of Chesterfield town, of about a hundred thousand. Know, Leveling, there are some things that we just need fixed because. We haven't had them fixed over the course of multiple decades. You know, there is a bypass that we really need. And we've had a bit of success in the last four years in moving that from drawing board to actually detail. And then hopefully I can now go and make the case once the detail's completed that we'll get it. We've got, you know, we've, we, we needed some regeneration support and we got two town deals at the budget a few days ago to now go and use that money to make uh, Clay Cross and Stavely better as an example so there were some there were some things that we needed some physical things that we wanted to get improvements for and i think that ties in very well with what the government is trying to do in its leveling up agenda i'm not suggesting that there wasn't you know that it was a complete drought of stuff before that because that wasn't the case but i'm really grateful for the government being willing mm-hmm. to focus on that because it's important but leveling up is and always will be much wider than that you know you can i could put a I want some trains, train stations, by the way, so I'm not take, doing down train stations, but I could put a train station <laughs> in every single one of my 41 towns, villages and hamlets. But ultimately, that will not just, you know, I, won't, I can't just say tick, job done. This is about a how we make sure we are ambitious. It's an intangible element. How we make sure we give people their confidence to be ambitious and aspirational. How we make sure our area can support the kind of skills growth and upskilling that we need. You know, what, why did I at 18 
when I went off to university elsewhere in the country, not come back at 21. And, and you know, that, that was partly my decision. You know, I don't want to rob people of agency. They may want to go and live in a city for a number of years. But it was also that I didn't think there were huge opportunities in North Derbyshire at the time. And we've got to try and flip that. And I think we're we're having that. But also there's a there's just a there's a leveling up of, of our of, of, of our mind, of our willingness to to want to engage in these things and our willingness to want to you know, not be as cynical as we historically were. And some of the cynicism comes from a perfectly reasonable place when there's been such dislocation at points in the 80s and 90s. But there is a there is a broader perspective. You know, infrastructure is a key part. Education, we've got to make sure the kids that are coming out of the schools in my patch are equipped for, the, they're still going to be in the workforce in 2070, 2080. And, you know, we've got to make sure that they can be equipped for what automation, artificial intelligence, machine learning, big data is going to do to all of our workplaces. So there's an education thing. And then there's a confidence thing, which, you know, will only come intangibly through continual conversations, discussions, willingness to try new things out, willingness to experiment. And all of that is is challenging. But I, I think the North's up for it and I think the Midlands up for it. And I'm I'm glad to be able in a tiny way in North East Irish to play a part of that. Yeah, I think you're right. And that's actually quite a different answer to some of uh, the ones I've got before, because as you can imagine, I ask that question quite a lot and spend a lot of my time trying to define what levelling up is. And a lot of people speak about that ambition that you mentioned there, but the kind of confidence thing, I think, is such an interesting point because it is kind of changing the dial, isn't it, and changing the perspective. Yeah, it's it's. I go back to... One of the towns in my patch called Killamarsh is where my granddad used to be a miner at one of the collieries before it closed down. And, you know, the, the thing which is a brilliant town, just on the outskirts of Sheffield, has, has huge amounts of things going for it. But when you talk to people about this, or when I started talking to them when I first got involved in local politics eight, nine years ago, you know, they'd be like, oh, come on, love, that, that happens elsewhere, you know, you know, give it a rest and all that kind of stuff. And And, and it's not that... They didn't actually want to talk about it. It's just that they'd seen attempts to talk about it multiple times, which hadn't gotten anywhere. And part of the part of my role, I see, is just keep going back and go, do you know what? Actually, we are going to talk about that because it's important that we do, because I want to hear what you've got to say. And secondly, what you say is just as important as somebody else who happens to tweet or who happens to write into the, to, to, you know, to the local paper down south or happens to shout very loudly in the salons of Hampstead or whatever. And, and it's about that confidence. And part of that is creating the ability for that discussion to happen. Part of it is about visibility, that you create places where people can go, whether it be meetings or using online stuff in the last year or just being in the community. Because, And I think it's getting that confidence back. And we, we are... We are getting there. I do detect a sense in northeast Derbyshire that we are that we're moving again, and that's brilliant. And I hope it's replicated across the North and Midlands. I wonder how much of that is to do with kind of you know not to not flatter regularly, um, but kind of actually delivering on things that people have asked you to campaign on because you're a massive campaigner on things like fracking, aren't you? And I know that's a really important thing to people in your constituency. I mean, do you want to just? Tell me a bit about that, but also how how much of an impact do you think that has on that confidence? Because I think there's something there about actually delivering on what people care about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we had a problem in North Derbyshire in 2016 when one of the fracking companies came along and said, we want to plonk a fracking rig in the middle of your green belt, um, a couple of hundred yards away from a, t- a village of a thousand uh, people. 
um, in a place that hadn't really been um, hadn't really been touched for a couple of hundred years, as far as I could tell, when I went to the Derbyshire Records office to try and work out what was going on. And I think people just were, you know, pretty annoyed with that. You know, it was another example of where the lack of a conversation for so many years meant that um, nobody thought this was coming. Um, and I don't necessarily blame the people before before me on that because I think it did come out of nowhere, but uh, to some extent. But the, the part of part of progress, part of discussions about politics is that sometimes you have to you have to accept things you're not that keen on. Sometimes you have to know when to fight for things. You have to know that there's always balance. Politics is the art of compromise because the only other way you compromise is through through swords <laughs> and, and violence, things like that. It's the non lethal element of, of making. <laughs> Uh, and it's always been as you know, it has always been the case. So, but but when you do want feel very strongly about something, that is when the time is to stand up. And and it was almost universal when I because it was happening about the time I got elected in twenty seventeen. You know, people universally said in Eckington Parish where it was proposed in my patch that they didn't want it to happen. And there has to be an element of 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 recognition of what pub, what local people said and i i made a pledge in 2017 election that i was going to fight fracking i think quite a lot of my constituents didn't believe me they just expected me to be another mp who sort of reneged on it or <laughs> found, found some words to weasel out of it and all the rest of it and i you know i bloody well went down there and 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 absolutely banged the drum against fracking in my patch and then as i got more and more knowledgeable about it you know and I accept there is a legitimate argument for fracking, but as I got more and more knowledgeable about it, my personal view, which could have been wrong, was that it just didn't really, it wasn't going to happen in, the, in, in, our, in our country. You know, the conditions were just not right for it. So why were we wasting all this time, effort and money on it? And we should just move on and find alternative processes. And so I'm so pleased that the government um, in 2019 finally came to that conclusion as well and it was down to a lot of people's work uh, you know a lot of cross-party work in parliament as well but I think it did say to the guys who were worried about it in northeast Derbyshire well do you know what if we engage we're not going to win every battle but there are people there that are trying to you know support us and we've won this one so and that's good because that means when there are hard decisions, and there are always hard decisions in politics, and there's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't expect any fracking rigs in the next decade, but there's going to be other hard decisions. But when we get to those, we can say, you know, we need to think about this and we need to work it through and we need to do that kind of compromise because compromise shouldn't breed cynicism. It should breed a recognition that that's what politics is about, bringing together different people's views and finding the least, way for, least worst way forward. But the least worst way forward was not fracking. And I was really glad that we managed to kick that out. I think to kind of round us off on that theme and really it brings in everything we've been speaking about today is we know that generally people don't tend to trust politicians. I mean, and don't get me wrong, I'm sitting here as a journalist. People don't trust journalists either. You know, we're in, in this boat together. Um, but do you think things like, you know, we talk about the fracking there, we're talking about delivering on promises, we talk about making sure constituents are heard by ministers and the prime minister in the voting lobbies and things like that. Do you think we're on a road where we can maybe rebuild some trust in, in the system in the next in the next few years? 
Well, I mean, I, just on your point about trust, I mean, I, I think I've gone through almost all of the jobs where people find them very untrustworthy. <laughs> I started as an estate agent. It was my Saturday job when I was 18. And then I became a banker and then I've moved into politics. So, you know, my latter career may be journalism and I've got all four of them. Um, but the, the trust is, is an absolute um, critical element of it. And it's so difficult to know how to build it. And it's so easily lost. And I don't claim to have a particularly brilliant understanding of both of those elements other than I think there is a yearning for and I saw I see it in my own family you know my, my, my own family are no different we're, we're you know, three bedroom semi in Chesterfield um my dad and mum were the first people to buy their house you know my my grandparents both went, went down the mines and and you know it's we just felt that something got disconnected somewhere I think it started in the 70s and then really came to the fore in the 80s and the 90s and it wasn't particularly about you know, a certain rosette or ideology. It was just we felt remote and we have to start working out how to cut that remoteness. And part of that is about representatives, both at council and parliamentary level and individual areas, having conversations, being out there. You know, if enough people see you doing your weekly shop in Sainsbury's or, or Morrison's or whatever, over time, they do think that you actually are around and doing stuff. But it's not just that kind of, and I, I was going to say superficial, that's not superficial, but it's it's not just about that kind of thing. It's 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 about just being willing to, speak in the same language as people and you know one of the reasons i i've i mean I, 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 on brexit if we just touch on that very quickly i, I was one of 29 mps to yeah. get the uh the meaningful votes the the Theresa May Brexit deal on three separate occasions and I've been characterized over the past couple of years as some you know massive headbanger on all of that I, you know i never went into politics for um, sovereignty issues. Um, I was about four days out from the Brexit referendum. I still didn't know what to do. And I, I really, really hesitated. And I didn't campaign, mm -hmm. I wasn't involved and all the rest of it. And but what came what seemed to be so clear to me in the way that seemed to get lost in that whole Brexit discussion was that there that, that Brexit wasn't just about leaving the European Union. It was about a fundamental decision by the British people that they were saying on something big that they wanted something to happen. And yes, it was for politicians to work out the details, but it wasn't for politicians to try and split the atom on that. And that's why I could never, you know, and it's a long time ago, I don't want to refight old battles. And I get that people, other people took different views, but that trust point became even more important in the Brexit discussion. And we have a, and thankfully we got to the right place in the end, but there's going to be other things in the coming years where we're going to have to demonstrate it as well, along with just demonstrating on a day-to-day -day basis that we have the interest of the community at the heart, that we're trying to do what we can, that life isn't perfect. But if we keep moving forward, if we keep making progress, if we keep edging onwards, that's as much as we can ask for and it will build better communities in the long term. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what a fascinating chat. I think we've really covered kind of a lot of ground there and uh, hopefully paved some, uh, some way forward as well. Lee, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to Pod Zone Country, the Yorkshire Post political podcast. You can get this podcast wherever you usually get your podcasts, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And we would really love it if you could take the time to leave us a review, to subscribe, to tell your friends. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Jerry underscore E underscore L underscore Scott. And we'll be back next week. Cheers. Thank you. Bye.
This isn't the time to be shy about striving for success. This is a time to act on ambition, to think bigger, go further, learn more. UCD is Ireland's number one university for graduate employability, with master's degrees that open doors and mentors who will nurture, inspire and shape you professionally. Stand out on your own terms and set your own trajectory. Visit ucd.ie forward slash masters. UCD. Think bigger.